ora, bula banaka, talofa lava, hallo, and a warm welcome to the Business Link Pacific podcast series. Business Link Pacific connects growing businesses in the Pacific Islands region with quality business advice. Hosted by Emma Crawford Falakeono from Business Link Pacific, this podcast series showcases experienced professionals from our growing network. Sharing invaluable insight and expertise, our guests offer a unique view on doing business in the Pacific. Hello and welcome to the Business Link Pacific podcast series. I'm your host, Emma Crawford Falikano. Measuring your business's impact helps you understand, manage and communicate the value that your work creates in a clear and consistent way. It can help you better understand your customers or clients and as a result, develop products and services tailored to their needs. In today's podcast, we are joined by Matt Lloyd, Chief Executive of Arcotech, a New Zealand-based software development firm. Matt is here to discuss the role of science and technology in international development and the importance of measuring impact. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the Business Link Pacific podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Emma. It's great to be here. A real honour. So let's get straight into it. Um, Tell us a bit about Arcotech. What does the firm specialise in? Yeah, cool. So uh, as you said, we're a um, New Zealand-based team um, and really our passion has been how do we help um, socially impactful organisations measure the impact that they're having. Um, And really our interest is, and our specialty really is in data and how we take data and then process that and create value out of that um, for for various uh, users and groups. to, to kind of give you, I guess, an example um, of the status quo, when you look at a lot of how data is collected at the moment, it's primarily um, paper-based or it might be sort of clunky systems. And what that means is that it takes a long time to collect that information, to re-input that back in somewhere, then process that, um, and ultimately get some value out of that that information that you've collected. And so when you move to a sort of technology solution, um, what you can get out is much higher quality data and you can get that value out of it much quicker, which opens a lot um, a lot more kind of avenues. Um, and so a real passion for us is how we can bring this kind of technology into communities which are underserved at the moment by technology. Um, and I think a great example uh, with the Business Lake Pacific program is the business health check. So in that tool, we're collecting some information about um, someone's business, processing that on the spot, and then delivering um, instant recommendations tailored to that business on the spot. We don't have to go away and re-enter it and process it and, and do that. It comes all on the spot, um, which... Yeah, it has been a really uh, cool tool that we've been developing and it's been awesome to actually be part of that. And um, where did the inspiration for Arcotech come from? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we've um, Arcotech's kind of been evolving a bit over the last um, kind of three years as we, we started it. Um, but really, uh, we wanted to basically have the freedom to be able to create impact um, and be able to do things that we wanted to do and that we were passionate about, um, which is one of the reasons why we started Architect. Um, and I guess part of the inspiration before um, we started Architect, two of the three of us that founded it um, worked in an organization which was all aimed at how do we help science students to connect with the science industry. Um, and I am a really strong believer that um, for our economies in New Zealand and in the Pacific as well, 
having a greater part of that economy come from science and technology innovation is absolutely critical. Um, to I guess to expand on that and, and why I think that, when we look at the competitive disadvantages that Pacific countries have, and I'd say New Zealand is actually quite well off in this regard, um, our distance to market is really high compared to our competitors. Yeah. So we ship obviously a lot of food in New Zealand, it's dairy, but of course in Pacific Islands, also a lot of food. Um, and we have to compete with countries that can produce food much closer. And so that's a competitive disadvantage that we face. The other one is scale and population. Um, all Pacific Island countries, New Zealand included, have relatively low populations compared to competing markets, um, which means it's harder for us to get economies of scale. And, and potentially, I know in some, some countries, it's hard to fill a container with goods, right? And so when you look at those competitive disadvantages and look at the comparison, if we were to be exporting ideas and technology, um, that's weightless, right? And so we don't have that competitive disadvantage. Um, and the other thing that brings with it um, is prosperity. So if we want to create greater well-being for the people of the Pacific and you know New Zealand and the Pacific, it's really about we want to create high-value jobs. And science and technology delivers that, the you know, high-value jobs. And they, um, you know, overall, it's, it's a big reward if we can actually, if we can crack that, um, both from a social perspective, from an economic perspective, and, and an environmental perspective as well. I think there's a lot that can be done, that needs to be done, really, in the science and technology space to actually minimise environmental impact, which, of course, is important for all the countries in the Pacific. To come back, that's that's where the kind of inspiration, why we wanted to get into technology and, you know, where our kind of passion is and, and where that sort of came from. So what countries do you provide services to at the moment? So uh, primarily we're focused on New Zealand and Australia, mm-hmm. um, but Business Link Pacific has been our primary project for the past uh, few years. Um, but yeah, we're very open to working. Well, we're, we're very uh, keen to work with international organisations and be able to have impact uh, more widely as well. Um, and of course, the Business Link Pacific tools are operating um, Pacific-wide, really, with the Business Health Check, because that's open to all countries in the Pacific. Yeah. Um, but of course, predominantly, the Business Link Pacific countries of Fiji, uh, Papua New Guinea, Vanuatu and Samoa. So just to expand on your partnership or, or you working closely in collaboration with Business Link Pacific, yep. um, you've been working with BLP to develop key digital solutions. So things like the BLP uh, Business Health Check, which you've mentioned, yep. the diagnostic tool, um, our competency assessment tool, yep. and setting up a data collection platform so we can better monitor and evaluate the impact of the BLP program. Can you talk us through some of the key components of developing these digital tools? And I know that's a really open-ended yeah. question, yeah. Um, but maybe if you could focus on some of the, those those key components. Yeah, um, I, I think if uh, we look kind of generally at the approach that we've taken with actually developing them, um, there's kind of two uh, two key ways of looking at, at software development. The more traditional way, which is called waterfall development, um, and you, when you're thinking about that, you might think of something like Microsoft Word or some of the Microsoft Suite. Um, and that is basically you think about all of the things that someone could possibly need. You package it all up and you um, basically develop the whole thing from start to finish and then you deliver it out, out to the public. Um, where development has really moved these days and it's approach that we've taken um, with all the Business Link Pacific tools is 
Um, it's called agile development, which is a very kind of buzzword at the moment. Um, and I don't fully subscribe to the the kind of cult around it, but um, <laughs> basically the idea is um, that you want to be building towards need. Um, and we're real passionate about, um, well, I would call it product user fit. Often it's called product market fit, but for me it's more about let's focus on what the users want um, as opposed to the market, which, you know, theor- theoretically is the users. But if you take an example of like YouTube, their focus is on the people watching the videos, not so much on the advertisers. They want the advertisers, but where their development has been has really been making sure that people are watching the videos. Um, if you've ever been in the back end or been doing advertising through YouTube, it's certainly nowhere near as nice doing that process than actually watching <laughs> the videos of the site. So I would say that would be a good example of product user fit over product market fit. Um, and so so going back to, I guess, the Business Lake Pacific tools. The, the first one that we developed for BLP was the diagnostic tool. Um, and so that's that's sitting around the idea that you want to build in small pieces, deliver something, and then start testing it and see how that goes. Um, and so we started with the the diagnostic tool. Um, and actually that had some really interesting uh, um, kind of specifications and challenges that, that we had to think about um, and some really kind of interesting decisions that had to be made early on. Um, and, and the first one was that we were developing technology that had to work um, in an environment that may have no internet connectivity. Mm. Um, and so uh, where we landed on is uh, developing the tool as an application that would be loaded onto a tablet, um, which means that um, we can store the forms offline. The tablet can be can go into outer islands where there may be no or very low internet connectivity and collect all the information that's needed, it could collect it from multiple different people, and then come back online, upload that information, and then get then that can be converted into the reports that get produced. Um, so that was a really kind of interesting challenge. Um, but one of the other key decisions that was made, and this has really influenced all the other tools that we've developed, is the development of the form manager. Um, and so we could have, one of the options was to hard code all the questions in the diagnostic tool. So the diagnostic tool had already been developed at that point in terms of the questions and the logic flows and that kind of thing. And, and we could have basically taken that and built the form. Um, um, and, the, you know, and then if we had to edit it, we would have to edit the code to, to go through that. But we decided to build an actual form management system, which in some ways gives you less uh, flexibility in terms of um, the kind of fancy stuff you might be able to do with the form, but it gives you a lot more flexibility in terms of changing the questions, changing the logic, mm. and actually building new forms on from that. Um, and so, I mean, it turned out to be a very good decision because over the the kind of two years or three years that that's been running, um, there's been numerous refinements and improvements to the diagnostic tool. Um, there's actually some new stuff uh, potentially coming with the diagnostic tool quite soon, which um, I would love to talk about, but, you know, we don't have any uh, announcements on that yet. But hopefully in the next couple of months we might be able to see something cool um, with the the diagnostic tool. Um, But, yeah, going back to the idea of the form management um, component to it, that's become core to all the other tools that we've built. Um, And so... When I said that I don't fully subscribe to the agile way of thinking, um, this is kind of an example of of where we weren't, I guess, entirely agile and that we thought more widely about what else could the system or what else might the system potentially be used for. Um, And so the the next thing that was built was the surveying tools. And so developing 
um, a tool that can go online and offline and be able to collect the monitoring evaluation data for the system, um, that's obviously a perfect platform to be able to do that. So it sounds like you almost took a hybrid approach and it's worked out really well. <laughs> yeah, to an extent. I would say it's definitely a lot more towards the agile end of yeah. the spectrum, but um, not religiously agile to the point where we're only looking specifically at what are the need today, um, actually think a little bit more widely, which I, I think is a good approach. It's something that I would uh, advocate for in other projects as well. You mentioned the monitoring and evaluation platform for the BLP surveys. If we were to focus on that platform that you've developed for BLP, could you tell us about the benefits of collecting and analysing the data using the tailored tool? Yeah, so I guess if we just start with um, the general idea of um, collecting it through a digital platform instead of collecting it through a kind of paper-based um, form, which this did replace, although um, BLP pretty much from the beginning was using um, this tool. This was very early on. Um, uh, the advantage of using that over a paper-based system is some of the things I mentioned before. Um, it's much faster to collect the information. You don't have to re-input that information into, um, you know, retype it into Excel, for example. Um, you don't have to then clean that data a lot. So, you know, if someone's written it on a survey, they might have written it in a different format or whatever. Um, or if you've typed it in, you might have typed in with a mistake or something like that. And, and that's all avoided by using a digital system where you click buttons on the system. And so the data always comes out in the same format. Um, and so what that means is you can process that data a lot faster, a lot more efficiently. The output is um, ideally higher quality. Um, and you can get, get, the, uh, get value out of it much faster as well. Um, it also means that if we want to peer into the data periodically, it's much easier to go in and have a look and, and see that data rather than um, potentially going through old records or something like that. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the general level why you might want to digitise a survey over use a kind of paper-based system. Um, the advantages of having a tailored-built system um, really comes down to the fact that we can make it very specific to the BRP programme. Um, so one of the big advantages is simplicity. So when you look at the app that we've developed, um, it literally only has three buttons. So it brings all the advantages of we can do online offline, which a lot of, if you were to take it off the shelf tool, you probably wouldn't get um, a lot of those uh, features. Mm -hmm. To be more specific with the monitoring evaluation, um, one of the big upgrades that we did, and this was a requested feature, so kind of agile development is mm -hmm. you get feedback and you listen to that and then you build to feedback. Um, and so some of the feedback was that people wanted to be able to do their surveys themselves and do it online. Um, and so one of the more recent things um, that was launched just at the end of last year was the ability that we could now have some people do their surveys online themselves. Um, and so we've supported that with a system which tracks who's actually done it, who hasn't done it, who we need to follow up. Um, and it tracks all the the ones that are, we're going out and collecting it or we're calling them and collecting it. It tracks um, who's come in and who hasn't. Um, and, yeah, you, you can't really get that in a system, um, not in the same way that's bespoke. Obviously, you can't be all things to all people. So yep. when you do get these product requests or, um, or, or, the, or the feedback that you mentioned, and yep. how do you pri prioritise those feedback requests? Ultimately, it comes down to a decision by, by the BRP management mm -hmm. team as to you know, what, what happens. Um, but if we can make a strong case for it because people have asked for it a lot, um, then we can do it. And in some cases, if it's a small thing that we can add that makes a lot of sense, um, then we can just do it. Um, what role can science and technology play in international development? Mm -hmm. I think uh, at the core, 
access to science and technology um, is really critical to leveling the, pa- the playing field um, between the developed and the uh, developing countries. Um, access to science and technology and innovation has the potential to have a massive impact um, you know, socially, environmentally, um, economically mm. um, around the world. And so I think um, it's a critical, it needs to be a critical part of um, international development. Um, you know, the, the business health check is something that's never been seen in the Pacific mm. before, nothing like that, um, to be able to get instant results. Um, technology has a great opportunity um, within international development to really magnify the impact that they want to have um, and to create highly scalable programs by lowering the kind of the time and the cost that's involved in some of the management. And so when you look at something like the Business Health Check, um, which is relatively low touch, um, but I think is a good example of this, now that it's running, there's very little maintenance costs or time that's mm. actually involved in maintaining it. And so already it's reached hundreds of businesses. It's only been going for, I think, just over six months. Um, you know, and so it's, uh, it's got to be running for you know, the rest of the program and hopefully even beyond that. And so the potential is to have a huge um, impact or to reach a lot of businesses with it. And I think you, know, you could think of a lot of programs. Every international development program is obviously very different in what it's trying to achieve. But there's the opportunity to be using these kinds of tools to magnify the reach of what you're doing. Every program has a limited budget. And so if you can deliver that budget to a much wider audience, the same value because you've, you've lowered costs through automation, through technology – um, then you have a, you know, it's a great opportunity to magnify the amount of uh, impact that you can actually have. Um, and I think there's also scope for kind of more hybrid systems when you look at like mm. the diagnostic tool. That's a tool that um, it's much more high touch than the business health tool. Um, and so people are getting a lot more value out of it. But we're also using technology to actually lower the amount of time um, that would go into converting all these answers into a report. Um, and actually speeds up some of that process and, and kind of reduces some of the, the I guess, management costs or the, the, um, the time that would be involved otherwise mm. um, if you were to, I guess, write a report completely from scratch. Um, so, yeah, so I think there's a huge opportunity um, with technology um, inside international development programs and, and in um, organisations as well. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like I say, both from a monitoring and evaluation perspective and also from the perspective of let's ramp up the impact that we want to have. What do you think the main roadblock is for younger people to access that education around science and technology in the Pacific Islands? Mm-hmm. Um, that is a really interesting question. Um, I, I mean, I think one big issue is internet connectivity, right? If you don't have internet connectivity, how are you going to access these kinds of things? Uh, the, the brilliant thing about... Um, being able to get into the um, the kind of science and the I guess especially software development um, definitely much easier than like science um, because in many ways anyone can learn software development and actually our main developer never studied software development at university he's all completely self taught um, and he's absolutely brilliant at what he does um, I mean I went to university and studied software development and I know you know a fraction of what he knows in terms of software development um, I mean personally I don't think the universities teach the right stuff um, for for a start um, um, but I think um, yeah particularly in software development and artificial intelligence as well there's a lot of freely available resources that people can get access to but if they don't have access to the internet or the internet's really slow yeah. they're never going to do it um, and I, I think in terms of education our education system really needs to change and adapt 
um, because the problem is, is these new technologies are happening so fast that um, trying to invent a curriculum and, and this kind of thing um, and foresee what these kind of things are, you're never going to be able to do it. So um, I, I think one thing we need to focus on education is what are the kind of soft skills that everyone kind of needs. Um, so how are we thinking critically about stuff? Um, um, you know, communication and teamwork and all this kind of stuff that's going to be important anyway. And then focusing more on how do we teach people to teach themselves and to take on new skills. And I think education is going to be quite different in the future because technology is going to change so fast. So you're going to have to keep educating. It's going to be, um, I, I certainly, I think the midway point will be that many people will hit a point in their life and they'll re-educate themselves. They'll go back to university, you know, presumably not for a three-year degree, but mm-hmm. do a half-year or one-year thing and re-educate themselves on the new technology. And presumably eventually get to the point where um, education becomes part of the job. Mm. And so you're spending a portion of your time working, um, actually keeping up with the new technology that's coming up. One of the things I'm really interested in is your opinion on whether or not you think SME owners are utilising the potential data that Mm -hmm. they have available to them, I'll Mm -hmm. say, to make really strong decisions. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think the issue there is, do they have that, Mm -hmm. you know, what data do they actually have available? Um, I think there is definitely a need to have better data in the Pacific. I mean, I know even in New Zealand, you know, if you want to get market information, that kind of stuff, it's actually very hard or very expensive. Whereas if I want to get market information about America or Europe, I can find that online, freely available. There's all sorts of stuff I can find online Mm -hmm. about um, different markets and market information. So I mean, I can um, I can try and extrapolate that to the New Zealand market and say, well, maybe it's similar to New Zealand, um, but it's probably harder to do in some of the other Pacific Island countries. Um, the the best thing maybe that you can do is is um, collect data yourself, um, and it, you know I think it would be great. I, I think there could be a great opportunity for um, you know data to be shared more widely. Um, to create that opportunity because it is really important. You know, if you want to try and develop a new product or service, but you don't have that data that you need to make those decisions, then that's going to be really difficult. Um, Matt, how can people get in touch with Arcotech? So they've, they've heard you today. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you for sharing your expertise with us. If they do want to reach out to you or engage with you, how do they go about doing mm-hmm. so? Well, firstly, I've had a great time. It's been uh, <laughs> awesome talking to you, Emma. And um, yeah, real privilege to be able to, to talk on this topic. Um, uh, firstly, our website is just arco.nz. So that's just A-R-C-O dot N-Z. Um, so they can they can reach out to the website or they can find me on LinkedIn. I'm always happy to talk. Um, you know, we are quite a friendly bunch. Um, <laughs> you know, I always love to talk on, on these kind of topics or science and technology, you know. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, the, that was such an informative session. And I mean, if I was to try and just pick out a couple of highlights, I really liked what you talked around is which is slightly different to other tech-based people, let's say, yeah. <laughs> or techie people um, that, I, that, I, that I work with, is the fact that you're identifying the need to get value from data. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not just all about the figures, it's actually making sure that they're collated in the right way. It's automated, it's saving you time, yeah. but you're getting what you need from that data and those statistics Absolutely. and that collection. Yeah. Um, I've probably used all of the wrong terminology there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, And then the second thing for me, um, I think that's really powerful that you that you spoke to us in depth about was, the fact that actually 
you know, bringing our young people, um, but also not just the young people in general as, as mm-hmm. countries, we need to continue to have a focus on science and technology because it is integral to international yeah. development. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, just what you were saying around how New Zealand does this really well. If you look at our exports, technology companies mm-hmm. are actually starting to, over, well, they're going to overtake yeah. agriculture very soon. Yeah. Um, you just look at your data comms, your zeros, your big, yeah. big kind of... Uh, yeah companies like that and yeah because of we are you know a small bunch of rocks at the bottom of the world yet mm-hmm. we can kind of hit on that that scale level that without technology we couldn't do so. yeah i mean i think um we can definitely do a lot better our uh, expenditure on r&d is actually very low wow. as an oecd average but I, I think as you say there is definitely science that we are doing better and i think we need to continue to grow that so nice well thank you so much for joining us matt do you have any final comments no that's it it's been fantastic to actually be on this uh podcast yeah absolutely thank you very much to blp and the team if you're not sure what type of advice you need the free online business health check in the business link pacific portal helps you identify where there may be gaps in your business that could benefit from quality business advice and support from there you can connect with the right business advisor for your needs Visit businesslinkpacific.com and click on the Business Health Check tab to get started. Thank you for joining us for this Business Link Pacific podcast and many thanks to Matt from Arco Tech for sharing his expertise and insights with us today. Please join us for our next podcast where we'll be exploring yet another topical business conversation with a special guest from our Business Link Pacific Advisor Network. Until then, thanks for listening. Stay connected with Business Link Pacific by following us on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. Business Link Pacific, connect your business with quality advice.